basically said, look, we are marching into a future where tax rates will have to double or we go broke as a nation. And he supplied a four letter word that explained why. And that four letter word was math. He says, look, you can either double taxes, reducing spending by half or some combination of two. This show is brought to you today by Lightbulb Podcasting. Are you a busy professional that needs to get more time back in their schedule? If you are a podcaster like me, you have enough on your plate. Why not outsource your podcast production? From editing, show notes, keywords, scheduling, volume balancing and editing, and creating audiograms, podcast production is another job in and of itself. That's why I use Lightball Podcasting. Get phenomenal support and an affordable price while you concentrate on growing your brand. Go to www.lightballpodcasting.com today to schedule an introductory call. Put your content in the spotlight. Are you tired of the nine to five lifestyle? Do you want more freedom to do what you want when you want it without sacrificing your current income? Then this is the show for you. Every week, we dive into John's journey towards financial freedom and everything he has learned since 2014. Real estate investing, cryptocurrency, stocks, private lending, foreign residency, tax saving strategies, infinite banking, assets protection, and much more. Now, here is your host, the founder of the Wealth and Freedom Nexus, John Rickgarn. back to the one and only Wealth and Freedom Nexus podcast. Now, today I'm thrilled to bring on a guest that I have followed for quite some time. He is the best-selling author of The Power of Zero, which is my favorite book of his, uh, followed by a very, very close second favorite of mine, The Volatility Shield, as well as numerous others. Uh, those books you can actually find on my recommended reading list on the wealthandfreedomnexus.com website. Now, if uh, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, we currently have a U.S. federal debt of over $30 trillion, budget deficits uh, trending in the trillions, and over $120 trillion in unfunded liabilities. I don't know. There might be a day of reckoning, shall we say, with the uh, U.S. government. Now, if this doesn't concern you at all, you're a follower of uh, Stephanie Kelton's uh, The Deficit Myth, uh, you can just hit the stop button right now. There's no need to listen to this. However, if you think that this might be an issue down the line and tax rates might have to go up just a little to counteract with this, you might want to uh, listen up and uh, take some notes. With that, we have the man, the myth, the legend, David McKnight. David, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. You bet. Pleasure to have you on, David. Now, maybe first of all, for my listeners that maybe have never heard of David McKnight before, this is the first time hearing about you. Are you able to give us just a kind of a brief overview of your background and where you got to today? Sure. Yeah. I uh, started in the financial services industry right out of college, went to BYU, graduated in 97, Okay. Uh, you know, out of the, out of the pot into the frying pan, into the financial services <laughs> industry. Uh, interesting in 1997, when I did graduate, uh, Bill Clinton stood before the nation and, you know, basically said, Hey, I got some great news. Uh, the national deficit is zero. Now, the deficit's different than <laughs> that. There was a little bit of debt back then, but he was basically saying, look, we balanced the budget. And mm-hmm. you know what he didn't say was they had to raid social security to be able to pull that off. But the point is the, the budget was balanced. You know, basically what he was saying was, look, we, we're not accumulating debt. And this is mm-hmm. great, right? 
Um, well, fast forward to you know basically 2010, the debt had ballooned to about 10 trillion dollars, which is not a lot compared to where we are today. <laughs> yeah, some people started to some raise raise some warning cries, and uh, among which was a friend of mine named David Walker. He's a former Comptroller General of the federal government, and um, he appeared on 60 Minutes and basically said, "Look, we are marching into a future where tax rates will have to double." or we go broke as a nation. And he supplied a four-letter word that explained why. And that four-letter word was math. He says, look, you can either <laughs> double taxes, reducing spending by half or some combination of two. So David Walker uh, really opened my eyes to this idea that we're on a fiscally unsustainable trajectory. And that informed a lot of my thinking on how we should be preparing for retirement. And I began giving a presentation to clients and to groups of people that was basically a three bucket presentation, taxable, tax deferred, tax free. Those are the three basic types of money. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a five minute presentation. Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Jones, you've got most of your money in taxable and tax deferred. We should shift it to tax free. And I would draw little arrows from those first two buckets to the last bucket. And then boom, the presentation was done. Well, <laughs> as time wore on, I um, evolved and honed that presentation to the point where it got to be about an hour long. And People started to ask me to give that presentation at different places worth, you know, a million dollar round table asked me to give it uh, on two different occasions. And in 2014, I wrote a book called The Power of Zeros, basically that presentation in book format. I okay. sort of, I, I wrote the book in, a, in about three days because I was simply regurgitating wow. what the, what the presentation was. And I, you know, fluffed a few things up and added some filler and, you know, rounded it out. And I threw it out on Amazon, crossed my fingers and hoped for the best. And you know, my <laughs> To my surprise, people started buying the book. So here we are, 2022. Um, the book was picked up by Penguin Random House in 2018. It's it sold about 350,000 copies, which has totally exceeded all my wildest expectations. Wow, congrats. And it sort of spawned a movement. So so that's really sort of in a nutshell how it all genesis of, of the power of zero revolution, as it were. And um, yeah, I'm happy, happy to be on your show and to, to, to talk about it. This show is brought to you today by Timothy Hero with Hero Mortgages. Did you know traditional lenders cap you at no more than 10 rental loans in your name? Many have complicated underwriting processes. And if you are self-employed, even more documentation and income verification is needed. Why not work with a loan broker that can get you the best terms with an unlimited amount of loans for your investment properties? 30-year fixed rates starting at 5.8%. These loans do not report on your credit report, can be done right in an LLC, and can be used for one to 30 unit properties or portfolios, all with faster closing times and less documentation than a traditional lender will require. Check out episode number 17 for more info or go to timothyhero.com to get a quote today. Yeah, thanks again. And uh, again, this may be the first time some of my listeners have heard of Power of Zero, which you have, like you said, your book, you have had your presentations, your website, as well as your podcast that I listen to every week. Maybe are you able to explain what exactly is the Power of Zero or what does that entail? Yes, a great question. Um, so what is the Power of Zero? Well, we believe, um, and it's not just me, but it's most third-party experts believe that even 10 years from now, tax rates will have to rise dramatically or we go broke as a country. And so the question becomes, in a rising tax rate environment, should we be preparing differently for retirement? And the answer is an overwhelming yes. Mm -hmm. And um, the thesis of the power of zero is 
that the best tax bracket to be in in a rising tax rate environment is simply zero. All right. Why is it so important to be in the 0% tax bracket in a rising tax rate environment? Because if tax rates double, like a lot of experts believe, and you're in the 0% tax bracket, two times zero is still zero. So 0% is a way to insulate or shield yourself from the impact of higher taxes. And in that book, I lay out a step-by-step plan on how to get to the 0% tax bracket in retirement so you can effectively mitigate tax rate risk in your retirement plan. All right, cool. Now, uh, without uh, giving you know too many spoilers out there, because I do want my listeners to you know watch your videos or listen to your podcast and get your book, um, what made you, I don't know, maybe put together on the holistic strategy, especially you know it kind of goes a little against conventional you know financial you know uh, advisories, especially you know Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey saying you know annuities are evil, whole life insurance is evil. You should avoid them at all costs. Yeah, so um, I, I am a big fan of a comprehensive approach. I, I'm not. I, while I do like life insurance and annuities, I feel like they can accomplish some things that no other financial tools can accomplish. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're panaceas, and I don't think that they're silver bullets. I think that sure. they do some very specific things very well that other things can't do. So for example, the annuity can solve, uh, and by the way, if you don't like annuities, you're not going to like social security or <laughs> yep. a pension, that company pension that you're planning on getting because they all operate by the exact same principles. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, annuities can help you solve longevity risk uh, much less expensively than the, the stock market approach, uh, which isn't to say that you shouldn't have money in stocks. The annuity uh, helps you solve longevity risk. Most people, the number one fear that they have going into retirement is that they're, they're going to run out of money before they run out of life. Mm-hmm. And annuities give you the guarantee that you will always have a paycheck coming into your bank account so long as you're on this side of the grass. So annuities can do <laughs> things that the stock market can't do, and they can do it they can guarantee that you'll never run out of money in a much less expensive way than the stock market can do it. And then uh, life insurance can do things that nothing else can do. For example, it can give you a death benefit that doubles as long-term care. I'm a huge fan of this. Um, I sit across the table from Mr. and Mrs. Jones, or you know, metaphorically, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Jones, and I, I have this conversation with them. I'll say, Mr. Jones, you know I love you, right? And he says, yes, Dave, I know you love me. I say, I do love you. <laughs> but you're better off dying than needing long-term care. And he says, what do you mean? I said, well, at least if you died, Mrs. Jones here would be a beneficiary on all of your, uh, you know, all of your retirement accounts. And while we would miss you terribly, life for her would go along relatively unchanged. However, if you didn't die, if you almost died and you ended up needing long-term care, then everything she was planning on living on in retirement now gets earmarked for the long-term care facility, except for what? One house, one car, minimum monthly maintenance needs allowance of about $2,500 a month, about $130,000 of cash. So what was shaping up to be a perfectly rosy retirement for Mrs. Jones (laughs) turns into basic bare bones subsistence type living. And of course the converse is true if Mrs. Jones ends up needing long-term care. So um, the problem with long-term care is that historically, you know, the traditional way to deal with long-term care is you buy a long-term care policy, which is, Mm -hmm. uh, and there's three issues with that. They're expensive, they're Mm -hmm. hard to qualify, and you could pay into it for 30 years, die peaceful in your sleep, never having used it. And they're not going to send you your money back at the end. So that gives a lot of people a lot of heartburn. And the LIRP or what would I call chapter five of my book, The Power of Zero, I call it the Life Insurance Retirement Plan, um, allows you to access your death benefit in advance of your death for the purpose of paying for long-term care. And should you die 
peacefully in your sleep 30 years from now, never having needed long-term care, guess what? Someone's still getting a death benefit. So there's a, that sensation of having paid for something you hope you never have to use. And, and the other thing is, you know, permanent life insurance or the LIRP is not only is it tax-free, but the money grows safely and productively, which means mm-hmm. that it could be a, a great replacement, for example, for the bond portion of your portfolio. I mean, if you can get four to 6% net of fees over the life of the program, without taking any more risk than what you're accustomed to taking in your savings account, you know, reach into your, 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 your investment portfolio, take out the bonds, replace it with permanent life insurance. And you're going to increase the return, lower the risk and lower the standard deviation of your entire portfolio. That sounds pretty good to me. And you can do all of that without making life insurance, the silver bullet or the panacea or the one size fits all, you know, what have you. So I, I think that it, these types of financial tools accomplish things that other financial tools can't accomplish. That doesn't mean that you don't need those other financial tools, but that they all work in concert with each other. And when you have all of those working in concert with each other and you have the puzzle pieces, you know, fitting together perfectly, then that 0% tax bracket comes into focus and you're mitigating a lot of other risks along the way. Sure. No, that makes sense. And yeah, I think a lot of people listen to this and I found this out too with my mother-in-law there's a lot of companies that are stopping or not no longer uh, doing long-term care insurance as a whole. They've kind of dropped it off just to the expense and maybe uncertainty of people obviously living into their 80s and 90s. So having a whole life insurance that can double that versus just a you know, single bullet can definitely be beneficial. So one thing I was curious about, uh, like I said, I've, you know, read your books and listened to your podcast for quite some time now. And you always uh, talk about in the tax deferred bucket, where obviously, you know, we're at the risk of what tax rates are going to be in the future of having the distributions, you know, set to what the standard deduction is, you know, for a married couple, uh, I think off the top of my head, it's about 25,000 for a married uh, filing jointly now. Um, However, a lot of people, unfortunately, I don't think a lot of couples, you know, die at exactly the same time that, you know, Mr. Smith passes away, then the next year for filing, Mrs. Smith doesn't do anything, but then she realizes, oh, I'm single now. Uh, the deduction now is half that 12,500, not 25,000. So I made all these arrangements. Now half of what was in that bucket that comes out every year is now taxable. Uh, should couples maybe, I don't know, just saying err on the side of caution, should they just plan for just the single rate? So there isn't a, or the, excuse me, the single de, uh, standard deduction. So there isn't a big surprise later on there. Yeah. So, so the strategy it, it, to summarize the strategy, we, we don't want to shift everything out of your IRAs or 401ks into the tax-free bucket, because mm-hmm. if you do that, then you'll have a standard deduction in retirement that sort of sits, sits idle, right? Okay. In other words, you will have paid a lot of tax to get money shifted from tax deferred to tax free. And now you won't be able to use that standard deduction, which means you shifted more than you really needed to. And you lost some money to the IRS along the way. So so basically what the strategy says is let's leave a nominal amount of money in that tax deferred bucket. And, you know, let's have that balance be low enough that the required minimum distributions are equal to or less than that standard deduction in retirement. And so, uh, you know, that starts at age 72. So the question is, when are Mr. and Mrs. Jones likely to die? Okay, well, you know, once you reach 72, if you're both still alive, there's a really good chance that you're both going to reach age 85. The woman usually lasts two years longer than the guy. Mm -hmm. So let's say you start at 72, you start taking money out of there. 
have it offset by that standard deduction as a married couple, $25,900 this year. Uh, that means you can have about $350,000 uh, of a balance in that tax deferred bucket without causing social security taxation. So um, there's a lot of different things at play. So if, if, if you're at 72 and you're gonna live to age 85, that's 13 years of being able to get tax-free distributions from your IRA or 401k. And if Mrs. Jones lasts two years longer than Mr. Jones, that's only two years where you know, you'll, you'll have too much money in your tax deferred bucket as it okay. were and only be able to offset those distributions by, by ha having the single taxpayer uh, standard deduction. So I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I think it still justifies having the yeah. larger amount of money in that tax deferred bucket. Sure. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. And I've always, I don't know, I, I don't have a crystal ball. I've always kind of wondered if the standard deduction is going to be changed. I know, you know, if they did away with it or lowered it, it'd probably be very, very politically unpalatable, but at the same token back in the eighties, you know, social security became taxable. So I'm at kind of belief anything's possible, but that definitely makes sense and have it go in tax-free, have it grow tax-free and then have a portion of it come out tax-free, I think is the, uh, you know, Holy Trinity, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the way to go if you can. And that, and that's why you want to be very careful about how much you convert from tax deferred to tax-free. You don't want to convert too much. You want to, you want the balance in that tax deferred bucket to be just the right amount. Mm -hmm. Minimize the amount you had to pay in tax. And then you can take that money out tax-free. Makes sense. So again, like I alluded to, neither one of us have a crystal ball, but obviously I think the government's going to be starved for revenue, especially with Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, as well as, you know, free education, free healthcare, everything else that's in the uh, socialist uh, utopia, so to speak. But uh, what chance do you see of Roth distributions being taxed in the future, especially since 40 years ago, you know, Social Security benefits weren't taxable. Now they are. I mean, you know, with your background, your connections, your network from David Walker and everyone else, do you think that's completely off the table? Don't worry about it. Or is there some, you know, is there some concern there? Yeah. So you got to remember that that only about one out of every twenty dollar, uh, twenty retirement dollars are in Roth accounts. Okay. And so the ratio there is, you know, people are addicted to tax deferred accounts. They love mm -hmm. the tax deduction with, you know, whether it's the tax deduction or just force of habit, they love putting money into their 401k and IRAs. They love getting the tax deduction today at historically low tax rates, mind you, um, but they mm -hmm. love getting that, that tax rate. So most retirement savings are in tax deferred vehicles. So okay. the target is not on the tax-free accounts. In fact, Roth IRAs are the one thing that both consumers and the federal government like. Why? Okay. Because you're using after-tax dollars and that gives more revenue to the federal government today. Politicians don't care necessarily about what revenue is coming in 20 years down the road because they're not going to be in office. They mm -hmm. want to know what's revenues coming in today. So they love Roth IRAs because it gives them money today. But okay. consumers love Roth IRAs because they can see that tax freight train bearing down in America and they want to shield themselves from the impact of higher taxes. And the, one of the best ways to do that is to put money into a Roth IRA um, or you know, permanent life insurance, some combination of the two. So um, you know, I don't see the Roth IRA going anywhere. I, 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 okay. Historically, they've always said, well, we'll either tax you on the seed or the harvest. Mm -hmm. um, and if they were to change that formula mid stride, I think it would angry a lot of people. And so they're going to, they're, 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 if they were to ever change it, they would say, whatever you have in there will continue to grow tax-free, but will no longer allow you to 
make contributions. I don't see that happening because they love getting the tax revenue today. Gotcha. Makes sense. So, all right. Maybe as a final point, David, uh, just, you know, for all my listeners and, you know, I don't want to promote like a one size fits all approach per se, but just as we've talked, you know, currently, uh, you know, inflation is about eight and a half percent. We're at a $30 trillion federal uh, national debts growing by the minute. The stock market currently at the time of this recording is in a bear market. You know, if there was like one piece of advice for that you could give to anyone listening to this that would you know, probably be the most beneficial in this time and uh, space, what would that be? Well, okay. So let's talk about the impact of inflation. The, you know, the, 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 the Fed only has so many tools in their toolbox to, mm-hmm. to deal with inflation. And frankly, they've sort of painted themselves into a corner. The, the way that they plan on dealing with inflation is by raising interest rates. The problem with that is not only does it potentially put a huge wet blanket over the economy, but now interest rates are going up and the cost of servicing the national debt is also going up. And if all interest rates did was, you know, return to historically normal levels, like what they were in 2003, the cost of servicing the national debt would like quadruple. And wow. that's bad news because now we're, we're, we're getting to a point where servicing the national debt could consume the entire federal budget. Wow. <laughs> so if the entire federal budget is consumed by servicing all of this burgeoning national debt, then where are they going to get money to pay for social security, Medicare, Medicaid, just the cost of running the federal government. Um, so they're really painting themselves into a corner here. And so we, we will get to a day of reckoning where tax rates will have to rise dramatically or we go broke as a country. Now they would probably print more money before we went broke, but that also doesn't solve the problem. That 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 you know that's that's right out of the Stephanie Kelton playbook, <laughs> yep. um, and that and we now know that that causes lots of inflation. And so mm-hmm. th- we go into this death spiral um, where the only real solution is that we we have to have huge infusions of cash. And, and where do you think they're going to get that money from? Well, they're going to get it from you and me. Um, they're going to raise taxes. And for Americans who have saved the lion's share of their retirement savings in 401ks and IRAs, that's bad news. And so right now, uh, John, we are at historically low tax rates. Taxes are on sale. We know precisely when that tax sale is going to end, January 1st, 2026, which means that every year between now and 2026 represents a little mini window of opportunity within which to take advantage of historically low tax rates. And every year that goes by where we fail to take advantage of historically low tax rates, by getting those tax deferred assets shifted to tax free is potentially a year beyond 2026 when we could be forced to pay the highest tax rates we're likely to see in our lifetime. So I guess my one, that's a long story short, <laughs> um, get, get your money shifted to tax free while tax rates are low. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, my wife and I have done that for the last uh Oh boy, six or seven years, I think now shifting to our Roth accounts. And I got one account that I need to fully shift. And uh, for those listening to this, I actually did a YouTube video on how to really make Roth conversions uh, to your benefit, especially with the bear market. And I'll have a link to that in the, here in the show notes. David, uh, as we close off here, uh, like I mentioned, you're the best-selling author of uh, many books on Amazon that you can find. Are there any uh, current projects you're working on in 2022 and into 2023? Yeah, I've written a novel called uh, The Infinity Code, okay. and um, the sub the, the subtext of that novel um, is basically a Dan Brown type thriller. But um, you know, quick quick summary: uh, in 1985, about 20 Harvard 
graduates got together and said, how do we change the world? How do we create a new world order? And their, their way of doing that was to, to adopt modern monetary theory. And uh, they've fast forward to the present 2020, it's actually 2020. Um, okay. One of their numbers has, is now running for president and is a leading candidate. And once he gets elected, they're going to change monetary policy forever mm. with a lot of dire consequences. And so there's a Harvard sophomore that becomes aware of this plan and in a race against the clock, he's got to figure out how to how to stop these guys. And um, and, and the, the real purpose of this novel is not just to, to be sort of this summer beach novel, which I think it could function very well as, <laughs> but as a way of educating America on the dangers of modern monetary theory, but to do so in sort of a fun, fun interesting and suspenseful way. So that book is now um, being shopped out to about 10 different publishers by my agent. Okay. And um, so hopefully we hear something soon and you'll be seeing that in a bookstore, you know, before you know it. Sounds good. Any uh, target date for release or hard to say? No, we got, we got to get, <laughs> got to get a publisher. It's, you know, okay. but my publishers are a bit like, great, Dave, if you want to write a business book, we'll publish that all day long. But as far as <laughs> novels, they're not the same thing. So uh, we're just waiting to see what publishers say. And if they were to say no, for example, I would just self-publish it, but okay. probably next six months, something like that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, uh, David, I want to thank you again for taking time out of your schedule for uh, being on my show and educating my listeners on you know strategies they can take to mitigate their uh, tax environment. If anyone's interested in uh, learning more about you or maybe even reaching out to an advisor that you've uh, vetted that has the power of zero philosophy, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so there's two two ways to sort of plug into what I do. The first way is you can watch my YouTube channel. That's The Power mm -hmm. of Zero. We post videos twice a week. And uh, if anyone's interested in this type of planning, you can just head over to davidmcknight.com. Uh, happy to give uh, an opinion on what you're doing. Sounds good. And uh, for those of uh, you listening or working out or driving, I'll have all these links in clickable format in the show notes. So, all right. Well, again, uh, David, I want to respect your time. And thank you again for coming on the show. And very much looking forward to the Infinity Code when that hits bookstores. All right. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening. Be sure to share, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more updates, check out www.wealthandfreedomnexus.com. Remember, nothing on this show should be considered tax, legal, investment, or professional advice. This show is produced solely for educational and informational purposes. Please consult an appropriate and licensed tax, legal, real estate, or business professional for specific advice for your situation. For distribution or publication rights or media interviews, please contact the host.